You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to break down this week's game between the Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs and get a special eye on the enemy on the Kansas City Chiefs with Mark Gunnels. Uh, He's a contributor for the Chiefs SB Nation site Arrowhead Pride. Uh, He also has an outstanding sports podcast called the Mark My Words Sports Podcast, and so we'll talk to him in just a couple of minutes and go over some of the X's and O's, the key matchups, the key storylines to watch for this week's, uh, this Sunday afternoon's game between the Birds and the Chiefs. Um, A game I am not expecting the Eagles to to, to win by any stretch of the imagination, and uh, we'll we'll break it all down with Mark coming up here uh, in just a couple of minutes, but First, let's go over the injury report. And some good news on the injury report is that um, Rodney McLeod is expected uh, back. He was a full participant in practice all week, so he will be making his season debut on Sunday. He will help out uh, the safety group there and uh, hopefully help keep an eye on Travis Kelsey this Sunday afternoon, um, help with the run game a little bit. But uh, it'll be good to have uh, the veteran Rodney McLeod back there, especially as Kayvon Wallace was lost uh, to injured reserve. Um, and uh, we also know that uh, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Marcus Epps, Davian Taylor will all play uh, after they appeared on the injury report this week. Uh, Taylor playing for the first time since re-aggravating his calf injury back in week two. We'll see if that matters at all for the linebacking core or the special teams unit. Um, Jordan Mailata out on Sunday afternoon. Now, Andre Dillard played decently. Uh, on Sunday, on Monday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys, and that was encouraging to see. Of course, you want you want to get Jordan Mailata back into the lineup as quickly as possible, but uh, reports are that it's going to be two to four weeks, so it's possible he's going to be out for another game or two. It would be good to see Dillard, the former first-round pick, play well in his absence, but that is um, Jordan Mailata's job. And so uh, at the moment, uh, Jordan Mailata, the only Eagle officially declared out that's not on injured reserve right now, but of course uh, there's going to be no Brandon Brooks. Um, Brandon Graham is, of course, gone. Isaac Sayamalo is gone. Uh, Kayvon Wallace gone. A bunch of other players all on injured reserve. Jack Driscoll, the activation window is open, but Driscoll not ready to return uh, just yet. So, again, it's it's going to be a matter of um, a time before we see uh, a little bit more depth on the Eagles' offensive line with uh, Jack Driscoll, at least. But at least uh, Landon Dickerson and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson are all available uh, for this week. Well, I know I'm not real comfortable about this game coming up here on Sunday afternoon between the Eagles and Chiefs. They've got an angry Kansas City team coming into Lincoln Financial Field. Andy Reid uh, making his second trip back to Philadelphia since he since he left the Birds. And uh, you've got a, a Kansas City team that needs to win, and they need a win badly here on Sunday afternoon to keep pace in the AFC West. And joining me to break it all down, uh, what's been going on out there in Kansas City over these uh, first three weeks of the season is Mark Gunnels. He is the host of the Mark My Words sports podcast. 
podcast and also a contributor for the Chiefs SB Nation site, Arrowhead Pride. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark A. Gunnels. Mark, welcome to Eye on the Enemy, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and you know, as Eagles fans, we don't get to see the Chiefs all that much. In AFC West team, we we play the Chiefs once every three years or so, and uh, the last time uh, the last time uh, these two teams met, I, I believe uh, the Chiefs uh, handed the Eagles their lunch. Uh, so, um, you know, once again, it's it's time to meet up and. This is a Chiefs team that comes into Philadelphia on a little bit of a, a downside. You know, it hasn't been a smooth start to the 2021 season so far, has it? Yeah, no, it hasn't at all. I mean, if you'd have told me heading to this game the Chiefs would be one and two, I would have laughed in your face. So uh, definitely a unfamiliar territory to say the least. Uh, the last time this team has lost two in a row was two years ago when they actually won the Super Bowl. So maybe that's a good omen for uh, the fellow Chiefs fans out there listening right now. But, uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of self-inflicting wounds. This team has six turnovers through three weeks. You know, they didn't have their sixth turnover last year until week nine. So that right there tells you a lot about how this team is just beating themselves because they're moving the football. And we know the defense has been struggling. But, you know, if the offense takes care of the ball, this team could easily be 3-0 and right now. Yeah, and that's the first thing I wanted to get into because obviously when you when you have a negative turnover differential and you're giving the ball away quite a bit, it's it's no matter how good you are, it's really hard to win football games that way. So the turnovers, as they have been coming, have they been kind of fluky? Have they been of the freak variety? Have they just been boneheaded mistakes? What are we looking at here? I think they've been pretty fluky. Uh, I mean, three of them at least have been fumbles, two from Clyde. The one obviously that stands out is the Sunday night game in Baltimore where they were already in field goal range for the win. They probably would have win, won that game if he didn't fumble the ball there. Uh, then Patrick Mahomes had a couple of just uncharacteristic throws. It wasn't that it was even like bad throws. It was the decision to even make the throw that made it unusual. Uh, the mm-hmm. one against Baltimore where he was falling down and he threw it. It kind of came out kind of weird. He was going, throwing the Kelsey on that one. And then last week, against the Chargers where they had a potential game-winning drive, and he just overshot Kelsey. It looked like maybe the wind took it. I don't know. It was very, very bizarre. And, you know, I just think it's kind of been fluky. I don't expect this team to have two turnovers per game the rest of the year, which is what they're at right now. So let, let's start off on, on the Chiefs' offense because let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, a couple of years ago, he threw you know over 50 touchdown passes, and you know he, he's still widely regarded as, as one of the greats of the game, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. But uh, with the exception of the turnovers that, that you just mentioned a minute ago, um, how has Mahomes looked? Has, has he bounced back from a disappointing performance in the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, I think he's looked great. I mean, you take away the turnovers, he's – thrown for nine touchdowns. He's averaging three touchdowns a game. Uh, he's thrown for pretty much over 300 yards every game so far. And he's taking what the defense gives him. Like I said, minus those couple of turnovers because <laughs> defenses now are playing this too deep safety look where they're basically taking Tyreek Hill out the game. They're saying that, hey, you're probably still going to score on us, but we want you to be patient. We don't want you to have those one yard, I mean, one play 75 yard bombs. We want you to have those 10 to 15 play drives because we want to take our chances with more plays and will you be patient enough to take what we're giving you and he's done that for the most part so I do think he has grown in that aspect 
Yeah, and as a Tyreek Hill fantasy owner, I I, I can certainly uh, attest to that because <laughs> because the the numbers haven't been there for for Tyreek uh, so far. But against an Eagles secondary that got torched by the Dallas Cowboys last week, uh, they they really couldn't do much of anything. They couldn't stop the intermediate game. They couldn't stop the deep ball. Uh, they couldn't stop the running game. How you know with the Chiefs' running game right now? I know you know they've they've had some issues there again putting the ball on the ground. But um, this is an attack. You know, and Andy Reid team rarely has a, a truly balanced approach and you know that the same can be said for most NFL teams now it's a, it's a pass happy league but how, how is Reed right now mixing the run and the pass uh, with with his offensive play calling at the moment I think last week was the first sign of some balance in a while for Kansas City I mean minus that one fumble Clyde actually did run the ball very well last week he had over 100 yards over five yards per carry albeit against a really bad so far rush defense with the Chargers. They're, I think, the bottom right below, right ahead of the Chiefs. They're right there neck and neck at the bottom as far as run defenses go. So you could take that for what it's worth. And I know the Eagles, I think they're bottom eight right now in run defense. So this could be another game where they could flex their muscles and kind of establish the game at the line of scrimmage with this new offensive line. Uh, they're they're really physical, man. Uh, Trey Smith, the rookie, Creed Humphrey, got Orlando Brown there, Joe Tooney, uh, Lucas Niang, the other rookie at right tackle. So this new offensive line, they're showing some real physicality that the Chiefs haven't quite had since the Patrick Mahomes era began. They've been more of a finesse team. So I do think hmm. we will see more balance moving forward, especially how teams are playing the Chiefs as far as the pass game, they're literally daring yeah. the Chiefs to run the football. So you have to have some semblance of running game at this point. Yeah, and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, averaging 4.3 yards a carry, 189 yards uh, on the season so far. Uh, both Dallas running backs had their way with the uh, with the Eagles' running game, and you know they just I think the Eagles' defense and and offense last week had just some some brutal uh, play uh, game design, and and uh, it just game plan was horrific in, in the game last week against against Dallas, and so that's kind of with the Eagles. I know uh, if you're the Kansas City offense and you're looking at the Eagles' defense, you saw. You saw a defense that kicked Atlanta's rear end in the opening week of the season, a defense that played San Francisco really tough until San Francisco started to, to pull away a little bit in the second half of week two. And then last week, just an absolute disaster. As as you come into this game following the Chiefs and, and looking at this Eagles defense, what do you make of Jonathan Gannett's union right now? Where Where is the area of attack that Andy Reid is going to really look to exploit? I think the middle of the field. I think the weakness that I've seen on film is the linebacking core. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you guys are missing Brandon Graham, which I think is a real big loss. Uh, mm -hmm. We saw how the Cowboys really exploited the middle of the field in their short passing game. I think uh, so that spells a big uh, Travis Kelsey game, right? I yes, think, uh, it does. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Travis Kelsey should have a really big game. So if you're a fantasy owner, you should be very happy this week. Um, and I think, like I said, I think – They'll mix in the run a little bit as well, and I just think that opens up everything else for you know the likes of uh, Tyreek Hill, even uh, McCole Hardman. I think they're going to do those crossing routes. They're going to really try to just stretch this defense out and uh, attack the secondary as well. I mean, you know, outside of Darius Slay, I don't think the Chiefs would be really scared of anybody in the secondary as well. So. For the Eagles, your your best hope would have to be to get pressure with your front four, and I just don't. Not, I'm just mm -hmm. not sure 
with the injuries right now, they're capable of doing that. And if you have to resort to blitzing, we know how good Mahomes is against the blitz, so good luck with that. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Jonathan Gannon has not blitzed at all this year. It has been almost non-existent, and so uh, it's been a lot of zone so far, and it's it has not worked over the over the last couple of games. Really, the last six quarters or so, uh, Gannon's defense uh, ha- has been gashed a, a little bit. Um, but I, I do think, you know, obviously Brandon Graham being out is a is a crushing blow to this defense. The the one area that you mentioned it just a second ago, where the Eagles really could potentially exploit some things, is the interior of the Kansas City offensive line. You know, you mentioned the whole, the offensive line as a whole has a has three rookies in it, but uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave have been monsters. Hargrave specifically this year has been wreaking terror in the middle of the line. How, how is Kansas City going to handle trying to protect the middle of the offensive line and prevent those two guys from getting in Mahomes' face? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll do a lot of chipping and things like that, helping out guys, but I mean, I think at least to start the game, they're going to kind of just run with their matchups and kind of go empties and things of that nature. I don't think this, I don't expect to see a lot of heavy blocking packages until it becomes a problem. I think they're going to go into the game, you know, thinking, okay, we can win these matchups. Creed Humphrey, I don't think has allowed a sack so far from the center position. And, um, you know, I think they're pretty confident in those guys in the interior with, um, Trey Smith and Joe Tooney, the all-pro from New England. So I think they're going to kind of go with their guns, and they'll adjust as if needed, you know. But I do believe that the run game will kind of seclude that pass rush a little bit and kind of make them a little hesitant and then maybe resorting to a quick passing game as well because the Chiefs use that as their run game. You know, quick bubble screens to wide receivers or, you know, jet sweeps to McCole Hardman, mm-hmm. which keeps the D-line off balance as well. So you guys know uh, firsthand how creative Andy Reid can get with his offensive play calling. So I expect to see a lot of oh, yeah. uh, little gadgets and things like that this week. Yeah, and that that I can easily see the Eagles uh, Eagles players getting sucked into those kinds of uh, th- those kinds of plays, and uh, I think you, we know Andy Reid's going to want to bring out the the fun stuff as he makes his return back to Philadelphia here uh, on Sunday. By the way, how is Andy Reid's health? I mean, obviously he uh, went to the hospital after the game uh, last week. Uh, is everything everything sounds like it's it's okay with Big Red by all the media reports? Is that what you guys are hearing as well? Yeah, everything seems to be back to normal. Um, according to reports, it was just some dehydration going on. It was a very hot game. It was about 90 degrees on the field mm. last Sunday. And then obviously I think something to do with maybe the game being very dramatic has something to do yeah. with just the stress of the game as well. I, I think all that played a factor. But, you know, when he met with the media this week, he really deflected all the questions. He wanted to talk about football. You know how Andy is. He's a football yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I don't want the attention on me at all. So he, he's ready to go. And, uh, you know, he gets a chance to become the first coach to make history this week in Philly. How fitting right. is that? He could become the first coach to win 100 games with two different teams. And it's just fitting that it happens to be in Philadelphia this week. And then you got Brady going back. So I guess this is like homecoming weekend in NFL. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard for Eagles fans to wrap their minds around how long Andy Reid has been in Kansas City, but to be able to be there for so long and uh, to get to over 100 wins. He had uh, 140 wins with the Eagles, including the postseason, and now could get 100 um, even with Kansas City. Really is a a remarkable career, a Hall of Fame career Andy Reid has had, uh, both in Philadelphia and now with KC. Let's flip the script a little bit, and let's talk about the defense here. And 
So far this season, the the problem has been with the Kansas City defense, hasn't it? And I know specifically in the red zone, it's been it's been really tough. Uh, opponents have a ninety two point three percent score rate inside the red zone, and surprisingly, the Eagles' offense is fifth in touchdown percentage in the red zone at eighty five point seven percent. So one of the few areas of strength for the Eagles' offense so far this year. Now, over these last couple of weeks, they've had trouble getting into the red zone, but when they get there, they they seem to have some pieces in place to take advantage of. Of that um, what what is an area how concerned are you about the red zone defense and, and why has Kansas City struggled so much inside their own 20 yeah it's one of those things that you kind of just scratch your head you can't really put a finger on why they're so bad in the red zone and the only time a team didn't score a touchdown in the red zone on the Chiefs this year was a self-inflicting penalty the Chargers were at the one yard line they had an illegal uh, shift, and they scored a touchdown, but it got called back. So that's the only <laughs> okay. time they stopped somebody from getting in the end zone when they reached the red zone this year. And uh, this has been going on dating back to last year. Um, you know, I just think at this point it's just a matter of miscommunication. Uh, if you look at the All-22 film, there's a lot of times where teams quick snap the ball, and you still see like Tyron Matthew or Anthony Hitchens directing guys, getting them in position, guys not guarding guys on the outside, receivers leaking wide open. Like it's just a lot of miscommunication things going on, which is surprising because this defense has been in this system going on three years now. I mean, it's not a lot of turnover. It's pretty much the same yeah. team minus a couple of guys like Nick Bolton, the rookie. But for the most part, it's the same unit. So I'm just not really understanding why they're having a lot of miscommunication issues on the back end, mm-hmm. especially. But, you know, Tyron Matthew kind of made a point this week that, you know, guys have to hold hold themselves accountable and we got to turn it over now. You know, there's no um, there's yeah. no waiting at this point because if you go one and three with Buffalo next week, I mean, this season can Ooh. turn over very, very quickly. Yeah, and Steve Spagnolo is a, a really good defensive coordinator, so it's interesting. They are giving up 31.7 points per game, uh, the second-worst defense in the NFL in terms of points scored. And, you know, I, I, I think part of the issue is that Kansas City really hasn't been investing a whole lot in the defense. You know, I mean, it's most of their early-round draft picks are being funneled towards the offense, and uh, I think they have uh, two first-round uh, picks in their in their defensive starting lineup, and so they're they're just not they're not pouring a bunch of resources into the defense. And I wonder if maybe the fact that they have been so offensively focused in recent seasons in terms of free agent signings and and early round draft picks, whether that is now starting to take a toll on the KC defense. What are your thoughts? Well, the big issue there is you know surprisingly, actually, if you look at the defensive line, the Chiefs have the most expensive defensive line in football this year but a lot of that's frank frank clark yeah, right that, that, that's where i'm <laughs> yeah. getting at a lot of that's frank yeah, clark, yeah, yeah. and he's just not available he didn't play mm-hmm. last week uh didn't play week one he played week two against baltimore and now he's questionable again this week and he's been limited in practice i mean there's this thing going around town where his nickname is mr limited <laughs> so i mean you know he's the highest paid guy on the team one of the top 10 highest paid guys in the league and you're not getting anything from him. That's a major problem. Yeah. Um, luckily for the Chiefs, they can get out this year after this season. So this will be his last year in Kansas City unless they reconstructure and come up with a new deal because there's no way he's getting paid on this current deal past this season. But, 
yeah, that's the major problem right there. When you're paying that guy that much money and he's not even getting on the field, so now you're mm. you're asking guys that are getting paid the vet minimum or things of that nature to perform at that level. That's unfair to those guys. So that's a big problem. And yeah, it's it's been a lot of a big talking point in Kansas City this week about his just not being available. I can imagine. And so, and I also think as Steve Spagnola looks at the Eagles, he's got to wonder exactly what he's facing because as you, as I looked at some of the tape and some of the all 22 from the Eagles offensive performance, there were plays to be made against Dallas. There were receivers that were open. There, there was, there were guys who, if Jalen hurts had had a better game and could have gotten him the ball, the Eagles could have moved the ball. I mean, it is inexplicable that they ran the ball three times last week with their running backs. I, I just, I've never seen anything like that. It was, it was such, it was such a bizarre and nonsensical game plan. And um, I, I thought to me, the, most glaring thing was the fact that the Eagles did not run a single snap of pre-snap motion in the entire game. No, not giving your quarterback a chance to see whether the defense is in man or whether they're in zone coverage, or at least just just giving the defense something to think about pre-snap. It was just that to me was was worse than not running the football. So, I, I think if you're a defensive coordinator, if you're a Steve Spagnuolo, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're looking at this Eagles offense. Really, it comes down to who is Jalen Hurts, right? And my, I'm curious what you think of Jalen Hurts. You know, it's 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 still a smallish sample size, but now if we're going back to last year, we're starting to gather up enough enough evidence to kind of get a sense of who this guy is who when you look at Jalen Hurts when you look at how he's played what do you make of Jalen Hurts the quarterback I think he's a solid quarterback I don't believe that he's a franchise guy um I think he struggles with going past his first read Uh, Mm -hmm. I know you say you looked at the all 22 I'm pretty sure you saw a lot of times where he'll stare down one receiver and then if he's not open he'll tuck it and run yeah. Yeah. Or he doesn't go through his progressions. And mm-hmm. I, I've seen that um, over the past couple of weeks, especially on Monday night when I really watched that Cowboys game. So that that's an issue. And going against this Chiefs defense and Spags, they're fifth right now in the most blitz-heavy blitz team in the league. So he's going to have to make a lot of quick decisions because they're going to bring the heat. And this is a team that, like I said before, they're – they're thirsty for some some success. I mean, yeah. I mean let's be honest. Uh, to be fair, their first three weeks, I mean, you played the top, two top rushing offenses in the league, in my opinion, the Browns and Ravens. And then you mm-hmm. played the Chargers with Justin Herbert, a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion, and all those uh, weapons. Uh. So, you know, you get the Eagles this week, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, we finally get a relief on the schedule. Like, those are three of the top 10 offenses maybe in the league. So this is a chance for them to kind of get right, and I think – they're going to try to take advantage of that. And with Hurts not being able to really go through his progressions, I really mm-hmm. think Spaz is going to be super aggressive, which could lead to some big plays, though. I mean, you guys do have some playmakers that I do like. I do like uh, Devontae Smith a lot. I love uh, mm-hmm. Watkins. I think he's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Jalen Rager. Uh, he shows flashes. So, you know, I mean, there could be some plays to be made out there. And I do think since you only ran the ball three times, you know what that means, right? Now they're no going to correction is coming. Yeah. Now they're going to run the ball like twenty times this week, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, the Chiefs are expecting that as well. So you, you're expecting a heavy amount of blitzing coming from Spags this week? Oh yeah, he's going to bring the heat. Yeah, okay. there's no question in my mind. So as I mean, this AFC West is 
suddenly a lot harder than anybody thought it was going to be. Uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, that's a legit 3-0 and from that team. They, they have played a tough schedule, some really good teams, and have raced out to a 3-0 and record. The Denver Broncos, I don't know if it's sustainable for Denver, but they've only given up 26 points in three games so far this year. I don't care who you're playing. That's that's pretty remarkable. And then you mentioned the Chargers. They could be 3-0, and but they're 2-1, and but again, with a, a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. And so one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about is there is this thing in the NFL where the Super Bowl loser oftentimes struggles the next year. There's a Super Bowl hangover. I mean, unless you're the New England Patriots, it's something that at various stretches in NFL history has happened a lot. In, in somewhat recent history, it's, it's happened a couple of times, but we kind of got away from that trend in, in the early 2000s and um, early to mid-2000s, but now it's starting to come back again. And this feels like a season for the Kansas City Chiefs that could go in that direction if they don't get a win this Sunday. You mentioned the fact that the schedule doesn't get any easier after the Eagles game. Like, how much of a mu- is this a must-win game for Kansas City this Sunday afternoon? Oh yeah, it's, there's no doubt it's a must win. I mean, if the Chiefs lose to the Eagles and fall to one and three with Buffalo coming to town next week, uh, I can tell you that um, all hell's gonna break loose in Kansas City next week. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would I would hate to hear the the radio waves and the the tweets and things like that. I mean, you would think the the world is ending if they lose this game. So yeah, this is absolutely a must win for the Chiefs, and you know especially. Considering the division, you have the Raiders, they're 3-0. The Broncos, they're 3-0, even though nobody's really taking the Broncos seriously. Uh, I mean, right. I mean, their three wins were literally against maybe the three worst teams in football. So mm-hmm. unless they beat Baltimore this week, nobody is really taking them as a serious threat. It's more so the Raiders and Chargers right now in most Chiefs fans' eyes. So um, those two teams play each other this week, so one team has to lose. So that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. So if you win this week, you're 2-2. Two and two. I think the Chargers will beat the Raiders, so the Raiders will be three and one. Chargers three and one. You're right back in the mix, man, and yeah. there'll be no sign for concern at that point, and then things will be kind of back on schedule. I think in most Chiefs fans' eyes, win this game two and two, you're you're zero and zero. You start fresh. It's a new year. Then you got what thirteen games left. So that's everybody's mindset at this point. Well, it, it I know the Chiefs are a six and a half point favorites at, at last look, which to me feels to me feels a little bit of a like a, a little bit of a, a low line. But I know uh, over the last uh, over the last uh, couple of years, really going back to last year, they've had trouble covering uh, with the spread. And not that that matters in terms of actual wins and losses, but um, it feels like maybe this could be a, a closer game than than I'm thinking. I do not feel like this is going to be a close game. I I, I, I see a, an angry Kansas City team coming into Philadelphia with too many weapons for the Eagles to stop. But I'm curious is how you see things going down you called it a must-win game does Kansas City pull it off yeah I did my podcast earlier today and I do a segment where I give my three best bets for the week okay and I said hammer the Chiefs covering this week Mm. despite Mm. I know the numbers over the past 15 games I get it but this is the right game for the Chiefs to cover they're mad the Eagles are not a good football team Andy Reid's coming back to Philadelphia and unless they turn up all over three plus times, I just don't see how they don't win this game by at least a touchdown. I just, I, I just can't wrap my head around how this game can be closer than that. Cause I think they're going to score over thirty points, and I don't think the Eagles are, will get to that point. So, I, I'm hammering Chiefs minus six and a half. <laughs> 
I, I hear you. I'm I'm of the same mindset. I will just I, for the for the sake of the folks listening, I will just run down some of the numbers that Shell Capati of the Athletic mentioned. The Chiefs two and twelve against the spread in their last fourteen games. Uh, the Chiefs uh, against the spread after a loss one and two. The Chiefs against the spread as a road favorite three and six. The Chiefs against the spread with a rest advantage one and five. And the Chiefs against the spread in non-conference games one and four. But you know what they say: trends are meant to be broken. And it feels like that's something that's going to happen this Sunday afternoon uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, folks, make sure you check out Mark's podcast. It's the Mark My Words podcast. And uh, check him out on Twitter at Mark A. Gunnels. Follow everything that's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs this week with our SB Nation Chiefs site, Arrowhead Pride. Mark, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I appreciate it, bud. Hey, man, no problem. Anytime, man. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Well, before I give you my prediction, uh, just a, a couple of a couple of quick Eagles notes that we have this uh, on BleedingGreenNation.com. Um, Jay Glazer says that the Eagles are not in the mix for Deshaun Watson at this point. So, um, addressing what Mark brought up just a, just a, a minute ago, uh, Glazer uh, mentioning that uh, going through the airport. Uh, this is a tweet from Jay Glazer. Uh, going through the airport, two different Eagles fans came over asking if Eagles were trying to get into Deshaun Watson trade. Nope, not in the mix at this time. Um, it's, so it's. He, he did mention that the Eagles were in at a certain point, but not anymore. They are out at the moment. And he says uh, that the odds that Watson is a Dolphin within seven days 
Um, it's really up to Houston. So we've also heard that Deshaun Watson would not waive his no trade clause to come play for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, I really do feel like we need to get Deshaun Watson out of our heads, guys, because of all the baggage there. He doesn't want to come here. There, there is the last thing this team needs is more baggage, right? Can can we just can we just stop with with with, with the drama and and let's get back to playing playing football. So um, the Kansas City Chiefs coming into Philadelphia this Sunday afternoon. The last time that they were in Philadelphia was back in 2013. Uh, Andy Reid's return to Philadelphia when he beat Chip Kelly's birds 26 to 16. The last time these two teams played at all was in the Eagles Super Bowl season when the Chiefs dealt the Eagles one of their three regular season losses that year uh, when they beat uh, beat Philadelphia 27 to 20. I believe it was in week two that year. So the, the last two times uh, that that these two teams have met. The Chiefs have uh, have won those games handily. Um, and now they come back into Lincoln Financial Field looking to stay in a suddenly very competitive AFC West race. And I, I think that they will have their way with the Birds. I, the, the Chiefs are just too strong a team. I, I do feel like the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs this year, given how the AFC West has gone. And I'm telling you that you've heard me talk about the Super Bowl hangover a million times. I think it's a true thing for some reason. It's just weird how it works out. I don't know if it's fluky. I don't know if there's a mental thing that comes with losing the Super Bowl. To get that far and then to fall short, you don't have anything left for the following season. And sometimes just weird stuff happens to you. Remember the 2005 Eagles? Injuries galore. The Terrell Owens thing. Weird stuff happens when you lose the Super Bowl the following year. So uh, I do now think, I, I didn't think this at first, but now I'm starting to think that the Kansas City Chiefs will miss the postseason given how good how good uh, San Diego, I was going to say San Diego, how good uh, the Chargers look, uh, the LA Chargers, and how good the Las Vegas Raiders look. Um, but the Chiefs come into this game needing a win. This is a game that they should win. I do think that they will cover the six and a half points. Um, not that I condone gambling in any way, shape, or form, but I do think that what what I'm trying to tell you is I think this is a touchdown or more game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are just too good for this Eagles team and, and where they are at right now. I need to see more from Jalen Hurts before I pick him to be Patrick Mahomes in a game. And that's really what it comes down to. I can't pick I can't pick the Eagles to win this game because that would mean picking Jalen Hurts over Patrick Mahomes in a, in a, in a one-on-one matchup. And I know it's not one-on-one. I know they have teammates, but really... In a, in a battle of QBs like this, the 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 level of better that Mahomes is over Jalen Hurts is astronomical. So I do see the Chiefs winning this game pretty easily, and I see this. Uh, I see Jonathan Gannon's defense having kind of a tough afternoon. I'm going to say Chiefs 33. Eagles 24 on this one. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to Mark Gunnels once again for coming on the podcast. Don't forget to check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day for all the latest news, notes, rumors, all the information you need on your birds and getting you set up for this Sunday afternoon's game against Kansas City. And don't forget to listen to all the other podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts and tell your friends about Bleeding Green Nation's podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS Viya, 
the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.